Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. Good morning, Bethlehem Covenant Church. Thanks for joining us here on this Sunday, May 28th. I hope you're doing well, had a good week. We have been praying for rain here in uh, Nebraska, uh, just with all the dry fields around us. Uh, uh, we're in a bit of a drought here, and uh, uh, kind of a little bit of an uh, unsure time for farmers. And so we uh, join with them in praying for rain on these crops and the seed that they have planted. Um, we also are in a season now where we have our summer beginning. Kids are out of school, and so uh, we have our camp starting up at the Covenant Cedars, and we also have our vacation Bible school, which will begin next Sunday. Um, it goes every evening from 6 to 8.30, from Sunday to Thursday, June 4th through the 8th. Register your kids if you haven't already. Our new youth pastor, Tobias Welling, he's got a youth event planned. Uh, they're going to go down to Worlds of Fun in Kansas City on June 22nd. And so if you're interested in that, please sign up and register your middle schoolers or high schoolers to go on uh, down for that wonderful day. Um, I do want to mention that I will be going on sabbatical uh, after uh, church. Uh, I will be off in through the month of June. And uh, that's a long time. We haven't... I haven't had that for six years, and look forward to that time of rest. Also, we'll be leading a group to Israel, 44 of us going down uh, to see the sites of the Bible and the sites of where Jesus died and rose again and all of that. We'll be going from June uh, 6th to the 17th, so that'll be a part of my sabbatical is leading that group. But I'll be back uh, in July. During the month of June, we will have we have a wonderful lineup of of guest speakers and our worship team and everything. Our church service will go on like normal. Um, uh, and so that is really good. We've got, in fact, next Sunday, my wife, Carrie, is going to be doing the, the speaking on something very dear to her heart. Um, and, uh, and so look forward to that, too. Um, that's all great. Well, today we finish up on our sermon series on growing and uh, growing in Christ, and uh, I want to have a scripture for us that we will read together if you have your Bibles. Uh, the scripture for today is Ephesians chapter 4, and it is verses 1 to 16. Ephesians 4, 1 to 16, it says this, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord and one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all, through all, and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he left captives in his train and gives gifts to all men. What does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. And he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It is he 
who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up, that we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work. Today we finish up on that sermon series on growing. And my focus of today's message is growing together. Together. The Lord brought us Together for a reason. He, he put you in the family that you're in for a reason. He put you in the neighborhood you're in for a reason. He put you in this church for a reason. This community, the people who are around you or in your small group or on the mission team together or in your youth group. God has brought us together. The people that he has called us to for his purposes. We are not just 200 individuals on separate journeys. We are one body going forward together. Someone once told me that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I have seen this truth play out in my life many times. Before coming to Nebraska, I pastored a church in Canada. And the superintendent of the Canada Conference was a friend of mine. And we would lead the Israel trips together. And there was this one moment on one of the trips that I won't forget because God taught me this lesson again. We had a group of 40 people who we were leading from one side of, of Jerusalem to the other side. And we were going to have to walk through the old city market to get to the garden tomb on that other side. It was maybe a half mile away walk. And we had a set time that we had to be in the garden tomb or we were going to miss it. And I didn't want our people to miss it. And we were going to cut it really close. So being the anxious person I am, I told everybody, follow me. And then I started walking out in front of the group. And I guess I was walking pretty fast. And Jeff, my friend and superintendent, he was in the back of the group just to make sure we didn't leave anybody behind. I was out front, he was in back. Well, as we're going through the old city of Jerusalem, it's literally like a corn maze. The walls are tall and narrow and you can't see very well. And you have to know where you're going to get there. And I did. And I was cruising. I was focused on my watch and focused on the destination and, and, and getting it. And, and as we're walking along halfway through the market, it's a crowded group of people, shop owners yelling you from every direction to come to their store and I had just by chance glanced around you know and only three people were with me three of the 40 in our group somewhere along the way I had lost 37 people in Jerusalem if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together 
My task was to get all 40 of us to the garden tomb, not just me or three, but all. Thankfully, my co-leader, Jeff, was in the back of the group and was able to navigate the other 37 that I had abandoned. Eventually, they caught up with us, and Jeff gave me this look like, I know you want to get there, but make sure we all get there, not just you. And that became a good lesson. Make sure we all get there and not just you. When I was up for a job interview, Jeff was my boss up there speaking the truth and love to me. He said, you know, zeal is not your weakness, nor is passion or love for Christ. All those pretty good. But in leadership, he said, make sure you bring the people along with you. Make sure you include them in the work that you have a vision for. Make sure it is your desire when you want to go somewhere and do something that people are still with you. We learn this as parents, don't we? A simple job that we can do ourselves in 10 minutes may take much longer to do with our child and teach our child that they might be able in the long run to know how to do it. But that's our job as parents, isn't it? To, to help them grow. And maybe it's more important to grow as a person than to check something off the list for the day. I think of our scripture in Ephesians, and it's saying something similar to all of us about growing. That we are called to grow together as one body. God is telling us here that that is how he sees his church. Not just as 200 individuals each running their own race, but together one body, working together, walking together, serving together, growing together in him who is our head, Jesus. From him the whole body, he says, is joined and held together and grows and builds itself in, up in love as each part does its work. The whole grows, he's talking about, as each part does its work. I can't do what only you can do. That we might all become mature and grow as a church body. The Lord has set up his church, you see. I think this is interesting. He has set up the church in this way. That he doesn't want each of us to go by ourselves, but to go together. Where each one does its work. Each one uses what the Lord has specifically gifted you to do. So that the whole might get there. We can be so individualistic in our world today. Each one just thinking about what is best for them. What they want. What they need. Who they are. Not what's best for the whole. And who we are. Even in our faith, we can make it just a personal and private thing. Just us and Jesus is all that matters. And there's some truth in that personal relationship with Christ for sure. But it's not only that upon which he calls us. For he specifically many times in the New Testament says that we belong to one another and are bound together. We are a part of the family of God. And God cares about the whole family growing up and reaching the end. Not just that we 
would get stronger and more mature in our faith and persevere in our personal trials, but that all of us would. It says, as one body built up, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The more we grow in our faith, the more we realize it's not about us. I attended this conference a few years ago, and the only thing I remember was how the speaker said, we husbands and pastors, we were a group of pastors there, need to be more mindful of praying for and investing and listening to and encouraging our wives in what God is calling them to. And that they too would grow in their gifts that God has given them and that we would help and encourage that. That it is not just our ministry not just us doing things, for God has called us together as one. And we are walking to be walking side by side, growing together with our spouse and in our families and praying and serving alongside of those that God has given us, not just doing it ourselves. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I've learned this lesson a little bit in being a lifetime Chicago Cubs fan. Oh, the suffering I've had to endure. For it seems to me just as a fan that the Cubs philosophy for most of the years that I've been alive has been often to pay $200 million for a superstar. And sure, the guy might hit 60 home runs, but if no one else on the team can, and if no one can pitch or catch... <laughs> then you're not going to win. You need a team to win championships, not a superstar. And I just love that, that in the New Testament, the church is described as a team, not just 12 superstars, right? There is a body he's describing here with many members, all brought together by the Lord, all with different functions as the Spirit enables. Each one of them called to that particular church. Not just one of them who's overseeing it, but all of them working together, growing together, serving together. Then it says we're able to become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. When the men's group last year went through the book of Revelation, what I most took away from in that study was that when Jesus returned, it says that he looks for his bride. And that that bride is not one person. It's the whole of us. It's the church that he comes for. At the end of the Bible, we don't go meet Jesus face to face, one on one. We go together as one body. And so we should be living today as one body. So you see, I wanted to end this series on growing with this Ephesian scripture to remind myself and you that we don't just grow alone. We're meant to grow together. And I got three points I think that Paul mentions here in this scripture of how we grow together. The first thing, Paul talks here a lot about unity and the importance that is for a healthy, growing body. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Because there is just one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one God who's over all, through all, and in all. 
what he's saying here is Jesus doesn't just love you. He loves the person sitting next to you. He didn't just save you, he saved them. And he's at work in their life as much as he's at work in your life. And he's not just talking to you about a vision or what needs to get. He's talking to them as well. And it's good for us to remember that. That a healthy growing body will have healthy unity. It will have respect for other people within it. And a mutual love and concern for one another. We mourn together. We celebrate together. We love one another. There'll be people who we, we together, we will share in a salvation in Christ. We share in a love for Jesus who died for us. We are all filled with the Holy Spirit. This becomes our common bond together. That which unites us. And it becomes our shared focus. For we pray to the same God. We're saved by the same cross. We're filled with the same spirit. We read of the same word and we desire to love and follow Jesus the same. Looking forward to the same hope. This is what unites us. And so everything outside of that should fade in comparison to what we are united in. We may look and act in personality different on some things. We may have differences uh, that we learn to tolerate from one another and not become our focus. But if those differences do become more important than that which unites us, it will destroy our unity. Our unity, this scripture is saying, must be on these majors, not on the minor. Abraham Lincoln quoted the Bible when he said, a house divided against itself will fall. When you go to a church, you can tell pretty quickly if the people there love each other and if there's a unity or not. You can feel it in the room. If the focus is on Jesus or it's on the color of the carpet and who got to pick it and they don't like it very much. And who picked the songs that morning and those aren't the ones you would have picked. You can tell that as you enter a church. It's like if you go to somebody's house, you can sense if there's tension in the family. You can feel it. Well, the Bible says here, the first thing is we need to protect the unity of the spirit that we would grow. We're to be one in Christ, one in the spirit, one in faith, and to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Biblical unity. It's not an easy thing. It doesn't mean that we will agree on everything or can't have a healthy uh, disagreement or discussion. We, we're going to have those. We must. It's how we grow. It's how we refine one another. We learn from different points of view and experiences and that we need to relearn today, I think, a little bit of how to argue without anger, how to debate without division, and how to, at the end of it all, disagree and leave as brothers and sisters in the Lord, not letting anything destroy that which God has united. We won't always see eye to eye on every issue. That doesn't mean that person's not a Christian or they don't love Jesus as much as you do. I have tried hard over these last few years to avoid politics in this church. 
It was difficult going through COVID and all the many opinions people had on that. And the politics of the last decade in America have been trying. So many divisions in our country right now. And they want to find their way into the church. It's hard at time to keep the main thing. The main thing and to keep the peace. To focus on Jesus and his mission and that shared gospel and hope that we all have. And to allow room in this place for people who may vote differently than us. But share that love for Jesus and that faith that we have in the one Lord. They may do or believe things at times that we don't. But they do love him. To be a church that majors on the majors. <laughs> and turns together to the word for our direction and letting the Spirit guide us, we can, I think, have healthy conversations where we don't always agree and yet speak with respect and love and still call one another brothers. We won't grow together if we don't stay together. Our scripture says that this unity will require us to be humble. And it says even completely humble which was something that stood out for me. For I fear that as I'm getting older, I'm getting grumpier. I'm getting more stuck in my ways. I am more tired of the things that annoy me or rub me a wrong way, and I can become more critical of differences instead of humble and open to another's way of doing something or listening to another's point of view or willing to let somebody else lead and not just me. Can I work with people who are different from me? Can I least... Listen to people and take the time to better understand their way. It's humility. It says not only be completely humble, but be gentle with one another. The word for gentle is actually meek. And it means being a servant. It means that I don't have to be heard. I don't have to share my opinion on every issue. It means I will guard my words and how I say, say them to one another. So not to be rude or offensive or defensive. It's meek. It's anger that is controlled for a better good. 1 Corinthians 13 says, We might be right and have knowledge of angels, but without love, our words will come across as a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. Do we want to win the argument? Or do we want to love the person and help them grow? Are we humble enough to consider we might be wrong and that they might be right? And God perhaps has brought us into fellowship with them that we might learn from them. Unity is also, it says here, being patient with one another, bearing with them. The word patient means being willing to go slow, willing to take the time. It's tolerance at times. Like I said, I'm always uh, growing in this area since I was a little child. I see something that needs done or isn't getting done or, or I want to get upset, you know, and with someone and, and I'll send a passive-aggressive argument or text. I, I want to jump in and, and do something myself if I not see that it's being done right or my way or quick enough. And, and none of this helps unity or growth. You know, if the goal is to grow together, we must be patient with people as they grow and as we grow. Do I realize that sometimes people have many things going on in their lives right now? Might consider it of that. They might have family issues going on right now. Emotional struggles or, or just a bad day. Do I make room for that? My wife and I this past week, we had our daughter and son-in-law move back to Nebraska. 
We also had a son graduating. On top of that, Carrie had a biopsy, and we were waiting to hear back from that. And we all have stuff going on in our lives, and so making an effort to keep the unity is being humble and gentle, being patient with real people going through real life. My wife said to me not long ago, she said, you know, I'm, I'm for you, not against you. I love you, and we're a team. She said this to me uh, on a day when I was acting like a child, upset and anxious and being rude and attacking her over something that I cannot even remember today. But she was right. The devil would love nothing more than to distract us and destroy us by fighting amongst ourselves and to isolate us away from the very people that will help us grow. That person that is not our enemy. They're our wife or our brother and sister in the Lord and we're on the same team. And so the first thing to a healthy growing body is to have unity. And we must all work to maintain that. But a second thing to a growing body is mentioned here in our scripture is that each person use their gift as God has given them. It is interesting, you know, I, I was hired by this church. So was our youth pastor Tobias and our children's pastor Jessica. And, and this becomes our job that we work at full time. But we're not the only ones who were called to this place. Each person here has been called by Christ in some way to this fellowship for a reason, not just to attend here, but to give and to serve and to use what God has given you so that the whole church might grow. I have always loved the story of Moses and how when he was just starting out in the wilderness, leading the whole Israelite community, he was doing everything himself. He was judged over the whole group and it said from early morning until night he wore himself out doing it all. And his father-in-law came to visit him one time, and after seeing this, he said, Moses, what you're doing isn't right. God can use other people. Train up these other people who can each look after 50 themselves, and then more people will be served, and you won't burn out. And so too it is in the church. The Lord began by raising up 12 disciples, but then immediately they, when they started getting burnt out, they raised up seven deacons. And then they went out and they found new pastors and invested in them and trained them and elders and both men and women who had gifts of prophecy and roles to play. No church was on any one person's shoulders. Everyone did something there. It was a team effort. And a healthy, growing body is everybody using the gifts that they have been given by Jesus. I read this really cool thing this week about a three-sister garden, a Native American thing, how they would, when they planted their stuff, they would grow corn, beans, and squash together uh, because it helped. You know, the plants actually thrived more because they complemented one another. Corn provided tall stalks for the beans to climb, and the beans provided nitrogen to fertilize the soil while also stabilizing the corn stalks in the wind. And the large squash, they shaded the ground to help retain moisture and prevent weeds. They worked better together. Each one had something to contribute. And the scripture saying the same thing of the body of Christ that we might not always see, but each one has a gift that helps the whole. You know, one thing I think we can overlook is how the Bible repeatedly teaches how the old should teach the young, and the older men should mentor the younger men, and the older women the same thing. 
to serve in a church, you see, is not just whether or not you're on the board. It can be stuff like this. It can also be praying for one another and encouraging one another daily. There are many things we each can do that aren't a part of the program, but can serve the others and provide the shade they need or the strength. Uh, to climb, or the nutrients for the soil. We each have gifts and experiences to serve the whole body. I learn also from this scripture that Christ is the very one who has given you the gifts that you have. It says in verse 7, each one of us, grace has been given to us as Christ has apportioned it. And in verse 11, it says, he is the one who made some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, teachers, and pastors. Jesus Made, you, made the gifts that he has given to you to use. In Romans, it even lists more things. It says some are given gifts of leadership and others hospitality or construction or generosity. It was Jesus who gave you the gift you have to serve. It was Jesus who placed you in the body that you're in to use that gift. It is not us who decides. It is he who knows what the body needs. He is the coach who places the players on the field. A growing and healthy church is everybody doing what Jesus called and gifted them to do so that we would grow and the church would build itself up as each part does its work. So again, just as the devil would want to create division instead of unity, here the devil would want to also make you feel like you have nothing to contribute or make you so busy that you have no time and energy left to contribute to your church. Either way, our prayer needs to be, Lord, show me why you've brought me here and how I can best serve the body. And then the third and last point we see for a whole healthy and a growing body is that we realize what the goal is. It is to prepare God's people for works of service that we all might become mature and attain to the full measure of Christ. Verse 15 says, growing up into him who is our head. So what I read here is that one, first we must keep the unity of the spirit by being humble and gentle and patient with one another. Second, we must each use the gifts that God has given us to serve and to grow into as a, as the whole body. And then third, we must realize what we're working for, what the goal is, and that is greater acts of service and maturity, which means becoming more like Jesus, to truly become the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. The fullness of Christ will be seen in us when we are unified and working together as the body of Christ. Together we reveal Jesus to a world. Not individually, but together Christ is seen in the full. His love is felt, made known to others, his mission accomplished, not by one person, but by all believers working together. Jesus prayed in John 17 that we would be one as he and the Father are one, that we would be one in them so that a world might know him. And I can't tell you how important that truth has been for me to understand the last few years. Jesus took on 12 disciples. He poured into them for three years that they then would go and teach. And then he sent them out to make more disciples. And he sent them in pairs, not alone. He sent them to start churches that would go start more churches. He sent them to go beyond Jerusalem, their home, to places that they had never been before, to people they had never met. They were preparing people for works of service to pass on what they knew to others. The Lord's goal was the body, it was the kingdom. 
He even told them where two or more are gathered in my name, there I will be. He calls us together. He sends us together to pray together, to worship together, to grow together. He didn't give one person the fullness of himself or all the gifts, but rather he created us in such a way that we would need one another, that only together we might grow into the fullness of who he is and together do greater acts of service, that he would get the glory. In Israel, and I end with this, there are two main bodies of water. There's the Sea of Galilee in the north, and there's the Dead Sea in the south. And they're connected by a Jordan River. Now, the Sea of Galilee is alive with life. It is beautiful. It has growth all around it. Green plants, beautiful gardens. There's fish and fishermen that are able to come and feed their families and neighborhoods from that sea. There are little towns all around the sea and mountains and hills bring down the rain that fill the sea with fresh water and rivers go out to different places bringing life to others. It's a great sea, both in the receiving and the giving every day. But the Dead Sea is the opposite. It just takes from the Jordan and it gives nothing. All around the sea is desert. It is dead. There's nothing alive within it, no fish or anything, and nothing alive around it. It does not send forth any rivers. It is just a dead pool of water. It is a dead sea. And it's been drying up. Every time we go there, it's smaller and smaller. And one day they tell us it'll just be gone. Churches can be like the Sea of Galilee or the Dead Sea. Christians can be like the Sea of Galilee or the Dead Sea. It's in the receiving and the giving. It's in the going and, and going out. It's in the abiding in the Lord. And you'll bear much fruit. It's in Colossians 2.6 which says, Just as you receive Christ Jesus, now go and live in Him. It's in the using of our gifts and the pouring our life into others. It's in life together and life apart. There are times I need to be alone in the Lord and times I know I need the people of the Lord. I know there are times that I'm supposed to rest. There are times when I'm supposed to get up and serve. I have to have mentors as well as be a mentor. I need to be preached at as well as to preach. I need to teach and pray for others, and I need others to teach and pray for me. Both need to be present in my life for health and the health of the whole body. The Lord wants our church to bear much fruit and to grow and be healthy, to be life-giving. For this to happen, we got to keep the unity of the Spirit among us by being humble, gentle, and patient with one another. And we must also use the gifts that we have been given to serve and encourage one another daily, realizing that only together can we grow into the fullness of Christ. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church's information and events, head to bccwaverly.org.